Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau defends his decision to trigger a snap election during a pandemic. After making it through 17 months of nothing like we've ever experienced, Canadians deserve to choose what the next 17 months, what the next 17 years and beyond will look like. Jagmeet Singh says there are bigger priorities than politics right now. Instead of calling an election, Justin Trudeau should be focused on these crises, on getting people the help they need, on walking the path instead of walking away from these commitments. So many people are wondering why this selfish summer election. Well, it's clear Justin Trudeau wants to grab power, wants a majority. And Aaron O'Toole is asked if he supports vaccine passports. I support enhanced measures such as masking, showing a negative test, and rapid testing for those who are unvaccinated. Those are reasonable precautions that we can all use to fight together against COVID-19. It's Monday, August the 16th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. We're back to cover the daily events of the 2021 federal election. Let's get right to it with CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics, Peter Van Dusen. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Mark. Uh, good to be with you again. And, uh, you know, strap yourself in for the next yeah. uh, very busy six weeks, I guess, in, uh, of a snap election campaign. Yeah, here we go. And already, of course, as would in, would inevitably be the case with a snap election. There's been a lot of talk of the timing of this campaign. Um, I know that that talk typically will dissipate after a few days and we'll get more focused on, on meteor issues. Uh, but w- what do you think this campaign is going to be about, ultimately? Well, well, I think, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. The timing issue clearly dominates you know, dominated day one. I think it will for the first uh, few days of the launch. Uh, and I'm not sure it won't still be an issue the deeper we get into the campaign. All of that, Mark, hinges, I think, on what happens with, you know, the level of transmission in this fourth wave. If the country kind of rides it out um, without having to, you know, resort to more lockdowns and, and tougher measures, uh, then the timing, you know, piece, I think, fades away. And hopefully we get into a more detailed and uh, deliberate conversation about you know, really what, you know, main sort of campaign issues uh, the country ought to be discussing. But if we get a, you know, if we get a, a flare up and and if the wave hits hard and starts to really be uh, taxing on the healthcare system and, and more and more Canadians get sick, which seems unlikely given the rising vaccination rates, but then, you know, the timing issue will will be back front and center if things get bad. But, you know, I think about what it's what it really about is, I mean, you know, cynically and politically, it's it's really about the Liberals wanting a, a majority government again and going, you know, to the electorate when they think the polls are favorable. But, you know, it, 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 I hope we'll get into a conversation in this country about what really is on offer after the pandemic and competing visions for uh, where the country should be going. And at the center of that, I think, is the role of the central government. And, and we're hearing different you know, visions from the party leaders, they, you know, not heavily sketched out yet, uh, pretty vague and pretty broad. But, you know, the, you know what happened, you hear coming out of the, the different political parties, uh, grandiose plans for transforming Canada, uh, other parties with less ambitious plans, let's keep what we have and bring it back and then, and then build from there. So, you know, that can be a useful debate for a country. The question is, will we have it? 
Yeah, and let's talk about one aspect of that debate that has already surfaced, and that is uh, how do we distinguish between fully vaccinated Canadians and those who aren't fully vaccinated? The government has already said that to work for the federal government going forward and to be a passenger on an airplane or a train in this country, you'll need to be fully vaccinated. There's already talk of vaccine passports and that sort of thing. Aaron O'Toole, yesterday when he launched his campaign, didn't answer direct questions about some of those issues. Uh, do you think that's going to become a, a, a topic that frames this campaign and, and some of the issues around the role of government that you were just speaking of? Yeah, I don't know how long the, the, the vaccination issue will, will be a, a sort of headline issue in the campaign, but you know, beyond what that says in and of itself uh, and the the differences of of approach uh, between the Liberals, who are supported by the NDP on this mandatory vaccines for all federal workers or people working in uh, fe- you know federally regulated industries, which in- includes up uh, you know, our industry, the broadcasting industry, um, versus you know um, Aaron O'Toole saying you know uh, he believes in vaccination, but he's not making it a requirement for his candidates, and he's not suggesting it should be uh, mandatory and, and some provincial leaders have been saying the same thing the question is will you know will Canadians end up demanding it I think these two things go in lockstep the reopening of the economy which includes everything from people going back to work to uh, people traveling uh, trade all of those things if there if it becomes if it becomes a, a staple of, of an economic reopening uh, that people will be skittish uh, to fully participate unless they know that everybody's being told they have to be vaccinated. And I think, you know, um, people who don't believe it are going to be dragged along with it. It's going to become a requirement for for the reopening. But, you know, that's one part of the debate now about vaccination. But I think as we sort of touched on, the broader issue that I'm kind of watching for is to see whether that translates into uh, an evolving role for, for a federal government in this country. We've seen governments in the past that have been less interventionist and governments that are uh, more interventionist, but I'm not sure when the last time was with that we saw a, a national government that's been this interventionist. And maybe that's brought on and clearly brought on by by the pandemic, but it's it, it's something that this government wants to carry forward. They want to re-engineer you know, the economy. They want to work on issues of uh, diversity. They're making deals with provinces uh, on child care. And the provinces, uh, you know, many of them are going along, even provinces represented by uh, conservative premiers are going along with it. So it... it there's a huge cost to it, but there's a philosophical difference in approach that it would be interesting to have uh, you know, the leaders focus on that kind of a debate in this election campaign. What kind of country do Canadians want to see? How do they want to see it uh, being led by the central government? I think those are important issues. Yeah. Um, so coming into this campaign, obviously, uh, all the polls show the Liberals ahead. Um, if you talk to pundits and observers, they would say the the Liberals have a the inside track in this election campaign. We seem to be emerging from the pandemic. A lot of Canadians have been vaccinated. Things are are improving, even if there is the prospect of a fourth wave and and variants that could pose uh, a risk to Canadians. Uh, overall, things seem to be. Uh, you know, lining up well for the Liberals. How could that change over the course of this campaign? What What are the pitfalls potentially? Well, I think the pitfalls are, you know, um, some. 
some some of the things they control and some of the things they don't control. Uh, you know, Jugmeet Singh uh, is doing better in the polls as the campaign gets underway than people thought he would be. If he continues to uh, to rise in the polls, you know, most polls have him somewhere in the high teens and or at 20 percent. If he were to notch up a, a few more points, then he starts, you know, he starts cutting into the progressive vote that the Liberals need to hang on to. Uh, certainly need to hang on to, but they, they they need to grow that. They need to draw more progressive voters over to their side if they expect to get those extra 15 seats uh, to form a majority. So, um, you know, I, I, I think as the campaign goes along, you'll see the prime minister uh, taking a clear aim at, uh, at Jagmeet Singh as much as, as he will at, at Aaron O'Toole to try and keep those NDP numbers down. So that's one thing to watch for. And I think if if... if you know they'll be compelled to put more details on the plan they have for this future vision of reinventing in Canada and reworking the economy. And if if we start getting details about what that looks like, and, and Canadians aren't buying what the Liberals are selling, I think that's something to watch out for. And again, I think the uh, the control of the, of the fourth wave, Mark. If it if any case can be made a month into the campaign, you know, which is which would be. 10 days or so, be six days before voting day, if the case can be made by critics that look at the mess we're in now and you should have seen it coming and you didn't see it coming, uh, I think they'd want to be careful about blowback at that point if, if this goes sideways. So they're taking a calculated risk. The polls seem to favor them now, but you know, it's, it's an old uh, chestnut and repeated again that, that campaigns matter and if the things we've talked about end up happening, if suddenly Aaron O'Toole becomes uh, better known by Canadians and they start to like what they're hearing and seeing, and he turns out to be a, a, a good campaign performer because it's his first campaign, so nobody really knows first campaign as leader. Uh, those are all things that Liberals need to be talking about and watching out for. All right, and just quickly, we, we've touched a little bit on the Liberals and, and on Aaron O'Toole. You mentioned Jagmeet Singh. There's also Annamie Paul, the leader of the Green Party. That party has been through all kinds of recent internal struggles. Um, what, what do you expect from Jagmeet Singh and from Annamie Paul and from their respective parties, and, and what role might they play in this campaign? Well, I think lots of more, you know, the, 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 if, if popularity increases for Jugmeet Singh, then so does scrutiny. Uh, but I expect to see the, the same cheerful campaigner that we've seen. Um, he, by all accounts, I think anybody would say by you know watching him, he's personable, he's a good campaigner. Uh, but I've talked about this before, is you know that you, people can can. I mean, if you have a leader people like, then they're more interested in finding out more about your policies, and that's where the rubber hits the road uh, for the Democrats is what they're proposing. You know, the uh, you know ta- taxing the wealthy and spending uh, even more money on national social programs. Uh, does that you know uh, is that a bit of a stop sign for some voters, or will they start liking it because they start liking him more? So. Um, I, I think, you know, that's what I'd watch for uh, for the NDP. I think that's the challenge for Jagmeet Singh is the increasing scrutiny and in defending those uh, kinds of high-cost uh, platforms that he's talking about. And he'll continue to hammer the Liberals over, uh, you know, their uh, his suggestion that uh, they promise big things but, you know, never deliver when they say they're going to deliver. For enemy Paul, I'm not sure it's going to – I think you need to watch the first couple of weeks of the campaign to see whether she can actually, uh, you know uh, – 
be seen for what she is, which is uh, the first, uh, you know, black uh, leader of a, of a national political party, first woman, uh, or whether every time people look at her and listen to her, uh, they can't get past the fact that the party's in turmoil. So the big challenge for her is to try and find a way to, uh, to massage those internal problems to the point where people who might be thinking of voting for the Greens think it's think it's a good idea, or whether they, they look at the, the Green Party and some of that internal strife and go, I'm not going to consider these people till they get their act together. All right. Election Day, five weeks from today, Peter. It's going to be a very interesting period, and we'll be chatting every week. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Mark. Take care. Good to talk to you. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. We see that people in Canada have said clearly that they do not want to go back to way, the way things were, and they are really ready to strike out on a new path. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Susan Delacourt argues, we're about to find out if the pandemic has changed Canadian politics. Delacourt writes, many Canadians are rethinking their job situation through the pandemic. Justin Trudeau has just plunged Canadian politics into that same exercise. Over the next five weeks, Canada has a chance to reshape the political workplace. It could be a massive debate for the nation. Or it could be an exercise in shuffling around office chairs. Much depends on whether a pandemic-weary country is in any mood to redraw the political and government map. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues the Liberal and Conservative campaigns are limping out of the starting gate. Martin writes, Do the conditions exist for Justin Trudeau to win a majority? Possibly, but he's off to a struggling start. His response to the barrage of why now questions was met with scripted evasiveness. The most encouraging sign for him is that his primary competitor has a vulnerability ripe for exploitation. Aaron O'Toole is defending voluntary vaccination and waffles on vaccine passports. If the fourth wave of the unvaccinated goes tidal, those positions will become increasingly untenable to the vast majority of Canadians. In McLean's, Paul Wells argues the prospect of a vote seemed to light a fire under the Trudeau government. Wells writes, A vaccine mandate that wasn't policy before Friday has, according to Justin Trudeau, become the measure of a party's seriousness. His government is now ready to protect Afghans whose plight it ignored in 2017. I'm struck by the amazing burst of industry the government displayed in what turned out to be its dying days. Maybe the problem with the law on fixed elections is that it too rarely interferes with their daily routine, because the prospect of a vote has lit a fire under the incumbents behind. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will start the day with an announcement in Longueuil, Quebec, before heading to Coburg, Ontario. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will be in Ottawa, where he will make an announcement before having virtual telephone town halls with communities in Newfoundland and Labrador and Ontario. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will make an announcement in Toronto. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, August the 16th. Tune in to CPAC or CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say on CPAC at 12 o'clock Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.